This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We believe in preaching messages that will actually help you, that you can use during the week. And there's something about taking notes that help you remember. And God is doing something in this series. Uh, just another update for our church, for our team. We are still meeting online for the next little while. Uh, we're navigating restrictions and a lot of things. Um, but we're online uh, right now, and that'll change. And I do feel it in my spirit. I'm not making a big announcement today or anything. Um, but even as a leadership, we've started the conversation towards moving towards figuring out a permanent facility, what that looks like, whether that means we're buying land, buying a building. We're having the conversations, church. Uh, and because of your generosity and the goodness of God and favor, um, God is helping us. And I believe this year, 2022, we will make significant steps towards solving that. Uh, I don't think we'll be in, I don't know if we'll be in a building this year, but we will have a plan communicated moving towards it. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Uh, I'm starting to dream, starting to dream what that looks like, um, to have a space for ministry and for community and for a lot of things. So thank you for your giving. Uh, thank you for being so faithful there. Church, hang on. Uh, God is good. And God is doing something in this season with online church. Um, so good. We're in this series of how to pray, how to pray. And I love this quote it says, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. There's so much truth in that. And sometimes when I'm done working, I feel, have I done anything? But when I pray, I feel the heavens are moving. And we've covered in prayer, pausing to be fully engaged in prayer. We've talked about rejoicing or adoration, hallowing the name of God, of thanksgiving and praise. We've talked about asking both for ourselves and also the nation shaking, the, 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 the atmosphere changing power of intercession for others. Um, and I've experienced in my own life, and I've heard from so many of you, an increased faith and desire to connect with God, even through this series. It has awoken a desire for prayer in me and for so many of you. So thank you for tracking with us. Um, we've seen God in my lifetime and even recently heal people, change lives, step into impossible situations. Prayer is a cornerstone of our faith. Even in this last week, good reports. We had our prayer meeting, live prayer meeting, many of you tuned in for last Sunday night. And this week we got the report that right after that prayer meeting, um, that we had people get jobs that were looking for jobs. One individual for two years looking for a job in his field had, got a job last week in his field making more money than he was before. And we praise God for that. And even for healings. Uh, one of you watching today, one of our church members um, had cancer surgery recently. And there was concern that it was widespread throughout her whole body. And even the concern of it going into her lymph nodes. Uh, and we got the report last week after that prayer meeting that she got the report that when they did the surgery, they got all the cancer, it was contained, and it's not in her lymph nodes. And this is the best thing they said, no more treatment is needed. We praise God today. We thank God for his answer to prayer. And we bless you today. We pray for strength. Uh, and if you need prayer today, our prayer lines are wide open with our email and social media. Uh, we would love to pray for you. We are a praying church. And I wanna pray and bless this service today as God speaks to us and encourages us and as he continues to grow this prayer movement that is in our church, amen. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you, God, for your help in all things and all ways. God, we thank you for your presence. 
God, we're thankful that you stick close and we can feel you working in our lives. Today, we're asking that you would make yourself real again today. Thank you, God, that you are good. You have a plan. And God, you're giving us strength to follow you. Father, I pray for those watching today that may be far from you, that don't know church, don't know your presence, your goodness. I pray today that this would not just be a live stream, but they'd actually encounter the goodness of God. I pray peace right now would flood their room and their lives. I pray hope today would, <clears throat> would rush in like a, like a tidal wave. I pray there would be so much goodness. And God, that we would know your truth. Father, thank you for our church. Thank you for their grit and their tenacity and their submission to your plan. Thank you for their generosity, both in, in resources, but in grace and patience and love and kindness. Thank you that our city is better because you have helped us as a church. Father, thank you for these next few minutes. Would you speak to us? Would you encourage us? Would you strengthen us? And would you speak? In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Um, we've been in a journey walking through the Lord's Prayer and through the acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y. I want to pause this week, go a little different direction. We're going to conclude this series next week. Um, and then uh, in a little while, we're shorting, starting a new series, which we'll announce soon. But I want to pause this week, uh, this, uh, going through the acronym of PRAYER. And I want to talk about this message I want to title, Unanswered Prayer. Unanswered Prayer. Um, prayer is amazing. We've seen God do miracles, but sometimes prayer isn't always wonderful. Uh, it's not always connected. Uh, and sometimes prayer is actually disappointing. I think sometimes as churches, we, do, we don't do well talking about things we shy away from things that everybody's thinking about. And uh, I believe the, the Bible is relevant for today. I believe God is not afraid of our questions or our concerns. Um, and I want to talk about, if we're on a prayer journey, if you're going to do this, it's one thing to lean into to faith for a month or two, but if you're going to do a lifetime of following Jesus, you need to know that sometimes prayers go unanswered. When I think about unanswered prayer, I think about my own life and my own journey of faith. And I go back to a few specific instances that have, formed me, and I think about unanswered prayer. One is, as a teenager, I had a best friend named Jeff, a great friend. And Jeff, uh, Jeff is the reason why I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins hockey fan. Uh, it's because Jeff was a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and I left my team of the Hartford Whalers. Some of you have no idea who that is or what they became, but I went from being a Pat Verbeek Hartford Whalers fan to uh, a Stevens fan and the Pittsburgh Penguins and a Yarmer Jagger, Mario Lemieux fan. But Jeff, uh, Jeff was an amazing young man and a few years older than myself. And uh, Jeff was a, a, a young man after God's heart. In fact, he would write messages and sermons long before I ever thought about becoming a preacher. I was an introvert. Uh, come on, introverts unite by yourselves in your homes with the doors locked. Uh, I had no desire or goal or even heard from God to be a preacher. And I remember Jeff was a young man that would record sermons on a cassette in his bedroom. And then there was actually a cassette preaching club that formed around his teaching. And they would pass the tapes around the community. And each verse would listen to a sermon and pass to the next person. He had a following at 16 years of age. And uh, Jeff was battling cystic fibrosis and ended up dying when he was 17. And I remember being gutted and wrestling with 
knowing his church, our church prayed around the clock for years for this young man to be healed. Here's a young man that had faith. He loved Jesus. He followed Jesus. He had given his life to Jesus. People were praying and those prayers did not get answered. I also think about in recent memory, a young man in his 20s that my family loved very, very much. Loved Jesus, grew up in church, was a part of my youth ministry in our church and was very much loved, but he was brilliant and talented and he loved Jesus to his core, but he struggled with addictions. And though he prayed with passion and literally hundreds of people around the world globally prayed for this young man and his addictions and depression and mental health. He lost his battle with mental health and ended up taking his own life. And I think about how many prayers were unanswered in that season. And just this week, just this week, one of our church members, we were out together this week and I was out with a man from our church and he shared how despite prayer and him doing deep work and trying to do what he can, um, his wife let him know that she is leaving him this week and after much prayer. And I grieved with him. We sat together and grieved about what looks like a hopeless situation. And these situations leave me with so many questions and doubts. Is it okay to say that today? I feel okay saying that. Some of you, if we're honest today, are having a hard time leaning into this series on prayer or even wanting to think about prayer or pray because you have your own stories and your own questions about the power of prayer and if God is listening, and if God is listening, is God good? I felt to say this to you today, you can love God and not always like him. I know if you're in a relationship with anybody, you can love people in your family, love people in your friendships and not always like them. I know people that love me but I'm not always the most likable. Uh, you can love God and not always like him, and that's okay. Some of you need permission to be human. Permission, God made us body, soul, emotions, and spirit, and do not deny um, your humanity. Sometimes we're disappointed. You can be a follower of Jesus and still be mad and upset with him at the same time. You can be following Jesus, going to heaven, doing your best and still be mad and upset with Jesus. Church, if you've never heard this before, it's okay. He can handle your doubts, your questions and your grief. In fact, there's a whole uh, book of the Bible about grief called Lamentations. Read the Psalms. There's so much of it is about doubt and anger and emotions. God not only is okay with our emotions, he made sure we knew what his followers have thought over the generations. God is not threatened by our doubt today. It's okay to admit your disappointments and your doubts. It leads us in prayer to how painful it can be in the Lord's prayer to say these words, your will be done. Sometimes it's very painful to say your will be done if you do not agree or you do not understand the will of God. The gospel writers, and we're going through the gospels right now in our 28 day plan, and we'd encourage you to jump on and join us for that. It's in our social media, it's on our website. You can jump, jump right in and be a part of that journey, that 28 day journey. But the gospel writers make no attempt to hide the fact that Jesus himself experienced disappointments in prayer. 
We are followers of Jesus. We lived, our aim is to live as he lived, loved as he loved, to follow as he followed. And the gospel records numerous times of Jesus' own disappointments in prayer. One occasion he prayed for a blind man, stepped out in faith in front of a multitude, prayed for a blind man and his prayer only half worked. It says that the man who was blind could see a little bit blurry, like men were like trees and Jesus had to go back and pray again. I take great encouragement in that. If Jesus, the son of God, prayers did not always get answered fully, I take great comfort in that. We also talk about in the garden of Gethsemane when he prayed to his heavenly father, he said, take this cup from me. Or what he was saying was, there has to be another option. There has to be a plan B. There's gotta be another way. And the father said, no. His prayer went unanswered. On the cross, even, he cried out in pain, completely abandoned by people on earth and even feeling abandoned by heaven itself. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me alone? And it says the heavens remained silent. And even today, it says Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's sitting right beside the Father in heaven and he still carries the pain of unanswered prayer that one of his greatest prayers is still to this day unanswered. And he prayed this, that talking about us, the church, that they might be brought to complete unity. And even today, the global church is greatly disunified and disjointed. And one of Jesus' greatest prayers to this day remains unanswered. Most unanswered prayers can be attributed today. I want to help some people today. I know this has helped myself as I unpack this this week. Most unanswered prayers can be attributed to either God's world, God's war, or God's will. God's world, God's war, or God's will. See, we're on a journey of prayer. And I think we need to pause this week and go after some of these, maybe these things that we've been wrestling with, but maybe we're too afraid to voice. Or maybe it's turned into a little bit of an edge where you scoff a little bit at prayer, or maybe you just withdraw. And I believe God wants to do a deep work today. To say he sees you, he, he hears you, he is with you. We're talking about unanswered prayers. God's world. Some prayers aren't answered for fairly obvious reasons. In a couple weeks, I think it's next week, there will be a whole bunch of people praying for one sports team to win. And there'll be a whole bunch of other people praying for the other sports team to win. Who won't be praying will be Dallas Cowboys fans because they never made it to the Super Bowl. But next week, I'll be praying for the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl. And there'll be a whole bunch of other people praying for Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, uh, God will not answer those prayers because it's God's world. At the end of the day, if a player plays well, at the right time, at the right place, that's who wins. God is not gonna disturb the laws of gravity to make a ball uh, fly further and straighter into the hands of a receiver. God will not disrupt the laws of gravity. If you've watched Air Bud as a kid, that is not truth. That is not theology. Why? It's God's world. God has established certain governing principles that make the world work best for most people, most places, most of the time. It's God's world. The majority of humanity, majority, does not experience devastating natural disasters. Most babies are born healthy 
etc. In God's world, most things work for the best for most people most of the time, but not always. God tends in God's world not to tinker with these extraordinarily delicate, complex, and effective rules every time we pray. It's God's world. The creator is not some cosmic vending machine waiting to oblige our prayers with a can of Coke and a bag of Doritos. Just, you put a prayer in, you get what you want. Listen, if every bride got her prayer answered for a sunny day for her wedding, then every farmer who prayed for rain for his crops would be denied. It's God's world and he's put things in motion. The laws of science are the explanations of the ways in which God chooses mostly to act in God's world. Science and faith are not opposite. Science, God, I don't know if you know this, but it wasn't Sir Isaac Newton that established gravity. God put in, uh, science is the explanation for the rules and patterns that God mostly lives by in God's world. Sometimes though, he chooses to go off script because he's God. When Jesus turned water to wine, he broke the laws of chemistry. When Jesus walked on water, he defied the laws of gravity. When uh, he even broke the second law of thermodynamics by actually raising from the dead. And the laws of science are the explanation for God's world, the way he uh, set this thing up to run. But once in a while, he goes off script. C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says that God can and does on occasion modify his behavior of matter and produce what we call miracles is a part of the Christian faith. The very conception of a common and therefore stable world demands of these occasions to be extremely rare. That's why they're called miracles because they don't normally happen in God's world. God's world. God's not gonna fight gravity so your Super Bowl team can win. He lives within the realm of the world he created. Second reason why some prayers don't go answered is God's war. God's war. First Peter 5, 8, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I feel like in recent memory, we don't like to talk about the enemy, talk about the devil. Why is it in our culture we have no problem believing in vampires, no problem believing in Jedi, no problem believing in, 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 in Thanos, <laughs> and we can celebrate the mystical, but for some reason we look at people like they're crazy when they talk about the devil. The Bible says that we are actually in a war. It says the, your enemy, not your imagination, not, not children book stories, not Marvel, not Disney, but your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking to devour. Some prayers aren't answered because there is an enemy at work in our world, attacking and opposing the work of God. Make no mistake, there is an enemy opposing the work of God. We live in a battle zone. Battle zones are not just Ukraine or not just um, different parts and different cities with high crime rights. We live in a battle zone when we're people of faith. As Christians, we're not immune from collateral damage. And in fact, as Christians, many times we are the targets. Have you experienced this? Some of you, life was more peaceful before you entered into faith. Why? Because you weren't a target. But once you become awoken to the plan of God and you start fighting to follow Jesus, sometimes it's amazing how much hell can be stirred up against you. Jesus instructs us to pray, 
to the Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because God doesn't always get his way, even though he is God. There is an enemy opposing. When a child is trafficked, when a woman is assaulted, when a person is murdered, that is not the will of God. This is manifest evil at work. You need to know that. Well, it was just God's plan that that tragedy happened. It's God's plan that that boy, even in the news yesterday, died in that well uh, on the other side of the world. No, no, it is manifest evil at work. That's why we pray for God's will to be done because he very seldom gets his will because of the freedom of choice and the fallen world we live in. This is why, please church, hear me. We must understand the authority and the importance of prayer. Prayer is not just to bless your food and tuck your kids in so they can have good dreams. Prayer, uh, make no mistake, we are in a war and prayer is a weapon. It is a weapon. Just a few weeks ago, Nancy, we were in the office, we were at work and we drove together to work that day and she said, I just feel off. And, I, and we were talking on the way to work and, I don't, and I'm trying to read if she means like her mood you know, you know it's, it's cloudy, it's snowing. Or if she meant like physically, like she wasn't feeling well. She goes, no, I just feel off today. Like something's up. And as we were driving, she felt led to pray for our kids a second, third time. We, we pray every morning for our family. We pray for many of you. But that day in the car, there was this, um, this unction to pray for our kids. Our daughter was going to be going on a, on a ski thing that day. And she thought probably it was Maddie going, you know, she hasn't skied for a while and you know, maybe you need to pray for her on the highway driving and skiing. And we prayed for our kids at the office. Um, she was still wrestling with it. And we prayed. Later that day, we got a call from our son, Josh, who's on his way to work. And he was sideswiped by no fault of his own by a woman who just didn't stop at a red light. Thankfully, it was minor. He was able to walk away. And Nancy goes, that's what I felt all day. I knew something was off. I didn't know what it was, but it led her to pray. I can't help but think that prayer, in that battle zone of prayer, Nancy was contending, possibly even for the life of our son and definitely for uh, potential injuries. And her prayers, I believe, protected that situation from being something tragic. Make no mistake, we are in a war, church, and prayer is a weapon. Fight right, church. Fight right. Fight in prayer. And sometimes we need to post less and pray more. And I'm talking to the preacher this morning. Prayer is a weapon. God's world, God's war. And sometimes prayers aren't answered because of God's will. We said some prayers go unanswered because they oppose the laws of nature and other goes unanswered because they are opposed by satanic powers, but still others go unanswered because they are opposed by God himself. Remember, Jesus said, only ever promised to answer prayers that aligned to his will and purpose. In the garden, he prayed as he's wrestling with this decision, wrestling with going to the cross, carrying the weight of your sin and my sin. It says he was so stressed that he actually uh, started sweating beads of blood under such stress. Heard someone say, it's a, it's a line we quote all the time, that the body carries stress 
that the mind can't comprehend. Sometimes you don't think you're stressed until you start getting chest pain or maybe your cholesterol goes up or all of a sudden your blood pressure goes up. Jesus was feeling such stress from this moment, literally the weight of the world, that it formed him to sweat drops of blood. And in the garden, he prayed this prayer. He said, not my will, but yours be done. That is the prayer of relinquishment. He understood that unless I pray God's will, it's not going to get answered. And he prayed, there's got to be another way besides the cross. And the prayer went unanswered. Why? Because it was not God's will. Jesus, in the middle of agony, relinquishes control. He may not have wanted God's will, but he chose it anyway. We read about this prayer in the garden with the benefit of hindsight, don't we? When we read this story before Easter, when we're going through the New Testament, we read it, we know how the story ends. We know he gets arrested. He goes to the cross. He gets murdered and butchered, but then raises from the dead, uh, uh, paying the price for our sin uh, that ever was and ever will be, ascends to the Father, now fights and intercedes for us. We read it with hindsight, understanding exactly why Christ's prayers had to go unanswered. If you're reading that, you're going, oh, no, no, I'm so thankful God did not deliver him from that garden. I'm so thankful that angels didn't come take him off that cross. I'm so thankful that, that God didn't choose a plan B or let's just pause that. Let's just, let's just put a pin in that crossing and let's give it some more time until we build up some more self-power and self-will. I'm so thankful that God did not choose Jesus' will but kept his own. We look at it with hindsight. I honestly believe we will look back on our own lives just the same way we look back on Jesus' life now and understand why the Father denied some of our most heartfelt requests. Some of you even watching, there are moments in relationships in the past where you thought, I really want to marry that person. And you were like, God, why is this working out? Tears in your I will do anything to make this work out. This long-distance relationship, this tension in this relationship, this, this, what, if you could just, and looking back in hindsight, we say, thank you, Jesus. Am I the only one? There's a whole, I got some amens in the room. I see that hand, I see that hand. Why? We have the benefit now of five, 10, 20 years looking back. I honestly believe in our lifetime, we'll look back with, some hindsight. Church, I've lived on this saying and it's easy to say, it's really hard to do. It's only trust if you don't understand and it's only submission if you disagree. Sometimes as leaders, we have to, we have to make plans people don't agree with. We, we change positions, we change roles, we change schedules. It's only submission when you disagree and with our kids, sometimes we don't agree with their plan or their ideas or their asks. It's only trust when you don't understand. That's why he'll give you a peace that goes beyond all understanding. You don't need to understand it to enjoy it. And it's only submission when you disagree. Following Jesus is not easy, but in the end, it's the only way that's right. That's where the trust comes in. When you give your life to Jesus, it's, I don't understand it, but I'm choosing to trust you. Church, we can be honest about our frustrations and disappointments with God. And this week is about acknowledging that sometimes prayers go unanswered. If you're struggling right now with unanswered prayers, if you are struggling with disappointment, if you're struggling with frustration over some prayers, whether it be God's world, God's war, or God's will, usually it's in one of those three. And some of you, it's not God's will for someone to be sick. We need to fight in prayer and believe for miracles. Some, it's, some things we're dealing with is God's world. It's, 
it's sowing and reaping. It's some things we're dealing with and just the laws of science and some things it's God's will, but sometimes we're dealing with disappointment. When struggling, a couple of things I want to leave you with today. When struggling. Number one, choose to be vulnerable with your friends if you're struggling today. If you're on this broadcast and you were at our prayer meeting and you're gone through 21 days of prayer, but you're struggling with disappointment over something, choose to be vulnerable with your friends. In Matthew 14, 33, it says Jesus, says he took Peter, James, and John, his three best friends. In scripture, he had disciples, but these three were his best friends. It says he took them along with him to the garden and he began to uh, be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said, stay here and keep watch. Come with me. I, I can't be alone right now. Come with me. Stay here. I'm going to pray, but don't leave. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't go somewhere else. I need you to stay here and please keep watch. Please stay awake. Please try to pray with me. I need you. He brought his best friends along and even asked them to cover him in prayer. He didn't self-isolate and he didn't pretend to be okay. We have such a tendency, don't we? To pretend and to hide. How are things? I'm good. No, things are good. I'm well. And then we just isolate. We hide behind our phones and the walls of our apartments and houses. And we think we're okay. We tell people we're okay. And we suffer in silence. Jesus modeled the complete opposite. He brought his friends into his circle and says, I'm not okay. I'm distressed. I'm troubled. I'm stressed over this. I need you to stay with me and cover me in prayer. Choose to be vulnerable with your friends. I am so thankful that I have, I'm the father of two, the husband of one, the pastor of many, but I am friends with a few that I can be vulnerable with, both locally and farther away and go, I'm struggling. Help, be vulnerable with your friends. Secondly, church today, if you're struggling with disappointment from unanswered prayers, choose to push into prayer. Luke twenty two forty four. Jesus, again, being in anguish. Look at this verse. Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Isn't that interesting? In the disappointment, his prayer didn't get answered. You read it. His first prayer, before he went back and saw his friends, said, God, take this away from me. And God didn't do it. He went back and prayed. He said he prayed more earnestly. And then he said, not your will, not my will, but your will be done. The temptation to isolate from others leads us many times to isolate ourselves also from God. Be vulnerable with your friends. Don't isolate from people, but push into prayer. Don't isolate from God. One clear word from God can bring more comfort than a thousand words from your friends. Please hear this. I know this to be true. Four years ago, four and a half years ago, me and Nancy were driving downtown Halifax. I can tell you right where we are. We are coming down by the golf course into Bears Road. We're on our way to an appointment where there was a likely chance Nancy was gonna be diagnosed with cancer. Scans and tests. I won't get into all the health implications we've been dealing with and what decisions Nancy has had to make and what her body's been through, but it was a, it was a stressful time. It's one of those moments, and some of you have had those drives even recently where you know, I'm on the way to an appointment that could change my life. That in the next few minutes, and my mind started going to, and I'm sure her mind as we drove was going to, we're going to have to tell these people, we're going to have to go for these treatments, it's going to involve this and this and this. And we started unpacking, I don't know about you, but I have an imagination. I started imagining treatments and driving this road for stuff and 
surgeries and all this stuff. I started thinking about our kids. I went down some dark imaginations of what life would be like with and without my wife. And I heard that verse cast down vain imaginations. And in that moment, silent, and we're driving in the car, I spoke these words, God, we need you. I'll be honest, I wasn't feeling like praying. And in that moment, I heard God speak in, I felt God speak in my spirit as clear as I've ever heard him speak. And this is what I heard him say. Cancer is not your portion. See, a friend could say that, and I've said that to people, and there's not much weight in it, but when I felt like I heard it from God, peace filled the car. And I spoke it out where I said, Nancy, I'm just feeling. I heard God say. I looked over, I said, cancer is not your portion. And with that, she'll tell you, this peace filled the car. She said, I felt stress and weight come off of me. It's like I shed this weight, tears started coming down both our faces and this peace that goes beyond all understanding filled the car. We went to that appointment and we got a a clear report and we set out for a plan to help Nancy and she, most courageous woman I know, set her on this plan. But cancer was not our portion. One word from God. I've had a lot of unanswered prayers and disappointments and frustrations in God's world, God's war, and God's will and navigating all that. But I've learned this, that when you lean in when it's harder in prayer, one word from God changes everything. I would say this, if you're struggling with disappointment today or even frustration, choose trust over bitterness. Choose trust over bitterness. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. All your heart, even the part you're frustrated with, even the part you're disappointed with, even the part you're hurt over, the parts you're excited about, the parts that you're grieving. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Church, I want to remind you that God has a plan. The Bible says his plan is better than our plan. And I'll be the first to tell you and not the last, I don't understand his plan. But I also know that this is a chapter, not the whole book. And there's coming a day that we will look back in hindsight and see God's world, God's war, and God's will. And I know this, if I'm going to error, if I'm going to fault, it's trusting in the name of Jesus. For the one who started will finish. The one who saved me is the one who will keep me. The one who's closer than any brother or friend as the mention of his name rushes in. And the answer might be silence, the answer might be no. But as the Bible says, though he slay me, I will follow. We're believing for God to do miracles in this year. Some of you are watching this and you need God to step in in your health. We continue to pray because we're in a battle zone and prayer is our weapon. We pray. And for those prayers that don't go answered, we follow the example of Jesus We don't isolate from our friends, we're vulnerable. And we lean in in prayer and say, God, your will, not mine. I know this, his will is for our good, amen. I'd like to pray a prayer for those that are grieving today. There's so much grieving going on. 
I'm grieving a lot of things. I know so many, even this week I was visiting with, are grieving so much, so much. But I know the Bible says he's close to the brokenhearted. The more broken you feel, the closer he is. The Bible says that. I'd like to pray for you today. You might be sitting by yourself today or maybe you're with friends. If you just bow your head for a moment, I just want to pray God's grace over you today. God, I thank you for those that are watching. God, we're on a journey to connect with you. God, if we're honest, there's parts of our lives that are disappointed. And some of us are frustrated and many of us are grieving. We're grieving seasons that seem to have been robbed from our children of normal living. We're, we're grieving diagnoses. We're grieving loss of opportunities. We're grieving jobs and relationships and moments. We're grieving diagnoses and loved ones and disruptions. We're grieving a lot of things. But God, we're thankful that you're not repulsed by our doubts. You're not, you're not, you don't withdraw from our pain. But God, we can be honest with you. And today, God, we love you. But we don't always like following. I'm asking today, Holy Spirit, that you would rush in and heal. You would rush in and cover. I pray that peace would overwhelm. I pray we would get one word from you to carry us through this season. God, we're asking right now for miracles in people's bodies. We're praying for healing. Much like the one we reported this week of a good report of the cancer being contained and gone and no further appointments needed or treatments, we speak healing over people in Jesus' name. We combat the enemy. We cast down cancer. We speak the truth, the life, and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for diseases to be gone, for pain to be gone, and for miracles to be had. We pray for marriages to be stronger in Jesus' name. We pray for finances to be helped. We pray for jobs to be had. We pray for wisdom to be known. We pray for resolution on conflict. We pray for our country to be healed. We pray for this virus to be gone. We pray for restrictions to be lifted. We pray for the vulnerable to be protected. We pray for healing in our nation. And God, we're asking that you would give us grace to follow you. Your will be done, not ours. Father, give us the strength to push in and trust, even when we don't understand and even when we disagree. God, thank you for your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Church, we're on a journey. We're followers of Jesus. He has so much to teach us. We're gonna learn how to pray. We're gonna get better at praying so we can win our nation. We can help our neighbor. We can follow Jesus. We love you so much. Uh, stay tuned. Join us for our 28 days of reading the Bible. It's in our profile. It's on our social media. Come on, put something in you. Know who Jesus is so we know what he does. We love you so much, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same place for online church. Have an amazing week.